Welcome to On The Way, where we walk through scripture in episodes that are short enough that you can listen to them on the way to your destination and deep enough to help you on the way to becoming who God created you to be. We are being sanctified. We've not yet reached perfection. We are not yet in heaven, but we are on the way. Hey, welcome to episode 30 of On The Way. This is the last episode in our third season, and it's the 10th episode in the book of Luke. Today we're doing Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 50. I'm going to stop there and not finish chapter 9 today because chapter 9, verse 51 starts the long journey of Jesus and the disciples to Jerusalem, leading up to the resurrection, and that will be the focus of our next season. The theme of chapter 9 is really a continuation of chapter 8. Luke is making sure that we know Jesus didn't just come to teach people helpful lessons, to heal people and make our lives easier, or to gain political power. Jesus came to establish something entirely new. It's not a continuation of an old kingdom. It's a brand new kingdom, and he is the supreme ruler, all-powerful governor of this kingdom. Jesus isn't just another prophet or teacher. He is the Messiah, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. This chapter begins with a a pre-Pentecost Pentecost for the 12 apostles. For Christians, Pentecost is the event in Acts 2 that happened during the Jewish feast of Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit descends on the church and empowers them to fulfill the mission of the church. They walked in the footsteps of Jesus uh, throughout their lives. Now they are to take the baton and run with it. So this event in Luke 9 is when the apostles stopped walking in Jesus' dusty footprints and he sent them out to do ministry themselves. It was like their graduation ceremony. Now go reach the world, he's saying. Verse 6 says, And if a town refuses to welcome you, shake its dust from your feet as you leave to show that you have abandoned those people to their fate. Now this is a harsh verse, and it's easier to just skip over it, but I need to talk about it. Some people are bad soil. They just won't hear truth. They have hardened their hearts, or someone else has hardened their hearts, or maybe even God has hardened their hearts, but they just won't hear it. If the disciples spent all their time trying to convince those hard-hearted people, they wouldn't have had time to spread seeds on good soil. There are some people who are eager and ready and excited to give their lives to Jesus. And we are wise to prioritize ministry to those people because when those people begin to bear fruit, they become allies to reach everyone else. Then verse 7 introduces us to Herod Antipas. There are multiple Herods mentioned in Jesus' story, and that makes things confusing. But this is the Herod that oversaw the death of Jesus. Some people were saying that Jesus was John the Baptist, raised from the dead. So Herod Antipas said, hey, wait, I beheaded John. So who is this man about who I've heard such stories? And he kept trying to see him. Jesus is getting attention from everywhere at this point. In fact, in fact, verse 10 starts a story about a time where Jesus is trying to get away from the crowds to talk to the apostles, but the crowds keep finding him and, and following him everywhere. And this is the setting of the feeding of the 5,000 men. It's another one of the few stories that's included in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So they're out in the middle of nowhere because they were trying to hide from all the people, 
But now there's somewhere between 5,000 and 25,000 people with them out in the middle of nowhere. This might be the biggest crowd that Jesus ever preached to. So Jesus gave up trying to hide and he started to preach. So he's healing people in the crowd and he's teaching them. And then when it got late, the apostles tried to get everyone to go home, but Jesus wanted to keep teaching. I can relate. Sometimes my staff tries to do the same same thing. So he told the apostles to just feed the people, keep them around and feed them. But all they had was five hush puppies and two fish that a little kid had brought with him. And everyone else forgot their food, but he brought some. And this generous kid has been saving this food that he brought, waiting for the moment when everybody when everybody's going to stop and eat, but they don't have food. This boy didn't need a miracle, right? He's already got his food. He was responsible enough to bring food. But because he was generous, he got a front row seat to Jesus' power. Then Jesus told them to divide the crowd into groups of 50. This is quite an undertaking, right? There's got to They've got to get 20,000 people to sit down in groups of 50, and they don't have a microphone, but they got it done. And and what happened? Jesus divided five loaves of bread and two fish until everyone was stuffed. They had had plenty to eat, and there were how many baskets of food left over? 12 baskets of food left over. Every disciple got a to-go box. Now, this is another example of Jesus's supremacy, right? What's the lesson? Don't judge your problem in light of your resources. When you're a child of God, you have everything you need to do what God has called you to do. He will provide. He will protect. Jesus has just made it very obvious that he is God. But he wants to double down, right? To be very clear about who he is. He says, I am the Messiah And because I'm the Messiah, I'm going to suffer. I'm going to be tried, found guilty, be killed, and on the third day, raised from the dead. It was prophecy of fulfillment. He's predicting his own death and resurrection. And if anyone can pull that off, it's got to be God, right? In in fact, verse 27 says, Some standing here right now will not die before they see the kingdom of God. And this is somewhat of a challenging verse. Some say it means that God's kingdom was established in 70 AD when the temple was destroyed. Some say it means that God's kingdom was established at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came or when Jesus rose from the dead. But what it does clearly say is that God's kingdom is here. For us, God's kingdom is already here. We're not waiting for it sometime in the future. If it were established in the lifetime of some of the apostles, which Jesus just now said it was, then it happened in our past. And then he warns them, Your calling is to be like me. So if I suffer, you have to suffer too. Verse 24 says, If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. God's kingdom isn't of this world, so don't cling to this world. Then eight days later is the transfiguration or the transformation. Peter, John, and James go up on a mountain with with Jesus to pray. And while they're praying, Jesus is transformed. His clothes turn white and Moses and Elijah show up. And they talk about Jesus's exodus from the world. Jesus is a new Moses who's going to lead the new Israel out of the bondage of this world and to the eternal promised land. Then a voice from a cloud says, This is my son, the chosen one. Listen to him. Now, if there's any doubt that Jesus is God, now God the Father says he is. 
just like he did at Jesus' baptism. And the next day, Jesus healed a demon-possessed boy and got frustrated that this stuff is still happening, right? I mean, why are people still getting possessed? The, 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 the king is here. We're supposed to be moving past this demon possession thing by now. Then Jesus predicted his death again. He says, I'm going to be betrayed. And how do the apostles respond? They start arguing with each other about who's going to be famous. Which of them is going to be in charge? If Jesus is getting ready to die, they all want to take over the top spot, right? So Jesus brought a kid beside him and said, Whoever accepts this child as if the child were me accepts me. In other words, you become great by accepting, not by asserting. But again, they, were real, they weren't really listening to what he said. John spoke up and said, Jesus, I just saw some dude casting out demons in your name. Should I go stop him? Jesus said, don't stop him. If he's not our enemy, he's our ally. Remember, it's not about asserting. It's about accepting. Okay, that gets us to the middle of chapter 9. We'll pick up right there next semester. If you're getting together with a group to discuss this episode, we've included some discussion questions in the show notes. And if you have time, spend a few moments in prayer before your gathering. Ask God to use these passages to form you into the person he created you to be. Thank you for joining me for this episode of On the Way. Here are the discussion questions for this episode. Number one, why do you think Jesus told the disciples to shake the dust from their feet of any town that refused to welcome them? Number two, why do you think the Jews thought Jesus was a past prophet who had risen from the dead rather than a new prophet or the Messiah? Number three, when Jesus fed thousands of people with only five loaves of bread and two fish, there wasn't only enough food for everyone to eat, there were 12 baskets left over. Why do you think Jesus made more than they needed? Number four, Jesus repeatedly predicted his death by pointing to the prophecies about the death of the Messiah. Why do you think the disciples failed to see the imminence of his death? Number five, why do you think Jesus pointed the attention of the disciples to a child when they were arguing about who was the greatest? <laughs>